0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Very, very good. How are you? Uh, if I was any better, I'd be you, but or I'd be our next guest, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Adam Baum, Cincinnati Enquirer, Xavier Beat Writer, USA Today uh, Sports, the whole the whole gamut. Adam, how are you today?
1: I'm good, man. You know, I had a I had a light day today. Um kind of just laid around. I'm I'm recharging the batteries from the trip to New York. It was quite hectic, but I'm uh, I'm feeling good, man. Strong as ever. How crazy
0: How crazy is New York? When you travel to New York and go to the Madison Square Gardens. I've never been to New York. All I hear is that, you know, it's just people on top of people on top of people on top of people.
1: It's, it's a madhouse. I mean, that's a perfect description. And I'm actually glad that you brought this up because I almost offered this out to the Twitterverse the other night, but I didn't, I kept it to myself. So, you know, I do this thing where whenever they're in New York, I'm going to do it again here in three weeks for the big East tournament. But I like to try to save a little bit of money hotels in, especially in like Midtown and Manhattan, they're very expensive. So, I stay in this place. It's about a 25 minute walk from Madison Square Garden. I like that. I walk into the arena, walking home at night. I get my steps in. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it's this little, I, I call it like prison cell rooms. It, it's called a pod <laughs> hotel. And these hotel rooms are like, they are like broom closets. It literally, all you have in this room is a bed, a little mini desk, a chair. And then a toilet and a shower and a sink. And it's like, that is all the space that you have. And, and I think part of that is because, you know, real estate being what it is in New York, they're very tight, close quarters. But it also kind of forces you to get out of your hotel room, go see the city, go go experiment, get out there. Right. But walking home from the St. John's game on Monday night, and I come, I cross paths with two rats Large rats. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> this is yes. my first. This is yes. my first experience with rats in New York, and I've been there a few times now. But it's like a surreal thing. It's like, okay, I just saw this rat. There's at night in New York, especially if it's like a garbage night. The the streets are just lined with garbage bags and these rats are just darting in and out i mean i took off on the other side of the street i couldn't handle i was like i'm not even gonna walk by these dudes i don't trust them Small um, dogs. But to top it off that's not it so i'm getting closer and closer to my hotel and you know new york heavily populated uh, one of the unfortunate side effects of that is there's a, a pretty large homeless population so I'm walking by this guy. He's laying down. A lot of them like hunker up next to buildings to sleep at night. Very sad situation. Sure. But this one particular gentleman I walked by who was doing that exact scenario, laying up against the building, preparing to go to bed, he had, he was playing on an iPhone. <laughs> Are a you homeless, serious? Yeah, he had an iPhone. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it looked like he had some sort of data on it because it was like playing a game or something <laughs> on his iPhone. And I was just like, wow, that is a sight. You know, walk, in 25 minutes walking back from Madison Square Garden, I see two rats and I see a homeless guy on an iPhone.
0: Well, that's why he's homeless, so, man, because he he can't afford anything except his Verizon bill. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's important. You got to keep that You know, right. more important than running water and a roof over your head. <laughs>
2: it's expensive to live in New York. It's Very. even expensive to not live in a house in New York to be homeless in New York. <laughs> this
1: is true. Yeah, but I'll be back. I'll be back in 3 weeks for the Big East. So I'm looking forward to to seeing what else I can stumble upon this next time.
0: Nice. So when you what is your what is your least favorite city to visit uh in the Big East? Hmm. Is it New York because of the the small dogs? They call New York rats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, they, uh, they have a charm to them, though. You know, I was frightened, but I was also kind of like, you know, where else are you going to go where you're walking next to rats on the street? <laughs> that's so, a, yeah, that's um, a good now question. Now, I will say, when, when St. John's, like, when they play their games at Madison Square Garden, that's very different from when they play them at Carneseca, which is in Queens. That is probably my least favorite place. It's like the, the closest hotel is pretty far away from the arena, um, not in a great neighborhood. Yeah, so I would say when they're in Queens, that one's not fun. For the most part, the rest of them are all pretty great. Like, what I love is when the hotel is, like, right next to an arena, and I don't have to worry about getting a ride. I can just walk out of my hotel, walk right next door to the arena, and boom, you're there. Um, And for the most part, they're all pretty much like that. But, yeah, I would say that that Queens trip is, that's been my least favorite so far.
0: So so I made my very first trip to Hinkle Fieldhouse this past week, and I gotta tell you, man, I really enjoyed that place. That was the historicness of of that of that joint. Uh, That's pretty slick. Except I think I can understand why everyone would hate to play there.
1: Yeah, people don't like it. (laughs) You know, you talk to Xavier people, even you know Xavier radio guys. It's like the to me, the, the the charm of Hinkle Fieldhouse is the history and all that stuff, and I think Butler's clinging to that, and rightfully so. But I think there's a lot of other people that think, hey, you know, this place is probably due for some renovations. Yeah, like I don't but know. I still, don't let cool the fans walk watch
0: right next to the to the players and right next. Yep. I mean, poor Joe. <laughs> Poor Joe and Byron, man. We come walking down. They had forty Xavier fans all around them down there at the at the bottom, and you know that they had stuff to do, and they're just talking to yep. them. I'm like, oh man, I kind of feel bad for those guys. Yeah, yeah, it's a free for all. <laughs> we walked in and standing right next to the right next to the floor. Couldn't believe it. Thought they were going to tell us to leave, and nope, that's just what everybody does. And then fifty thousand little kids bring a basketball out and play basketball afterwards.
2: Yeah.
1: It's, that's what blows me away.
2: I I don't know any other place. I, maybe you've seen places, Adam. I don't know, but I've I've never seen a college basketball venue that fans can just go on the floor, no problem after the game.
1: Yeah, they're very uh, very laissez faire with that with that policy. There, man. I mean, they're everywhere. It's even you know they have the media sitting kind of up in a little corner there and it's like the game ends and good luck getting right down to the media room. Yeah. You know, you got to sit there and wait for wait for thousands of people to file out of that place before you can get down to where you need to go. So it's it's a unique setting for sure. I'm, I'm so, sure it is.
2: So that uh speaking of that trip to New York, uh Xavier used a uh a giant was it 8-0 run to end the game? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah it closed at 8-0. Um,
2: and uh, and got the win six and seven now in the Big East nineteen or seventeen and nine overall right.
1: Yep, you got it. Um,
2: so then coming up, so five games left, right? A couple weeks left in the season. Yeah, uh, I
1: think they got three at home, two more on the road.
2: Right. Um, and so I, and I think the, the two toughest tests are going to be at home too, Villanova and Butler. I would say, correct?
1: Yeah, you know, and those are those are the ones that are like. If you if you can win at least one of those, man, you're going to have a great chance to to not to be to feel some sort of sense of comfort. But at the same time, you know, you talk to these bracketologists, and it's like, yeah, you know, Villanova and Butler, those are the marquee ones. But if you can find a way to beat DePaul, go on the road, beat Georgetown, go on the road, beat Providence, that also kind of gives you a, a little bit of a sense of comfort. So it's not like there's not a lot riding on any one game. On the rest of Xavier's schedule, maybe the most important single game is don't lose to DePaul at home. Right?
0: Yeah, I, I I'm I I totally agree with that. At this point in time, it's not necessarily uh, if you get beat by you know Butler or Villanova, you can you can stand a loss or two. You cannot stand a loss to a team like Villanova, or I'm sorry, <laughs> DePaul. So, yeah,
1: no, for sure.
0: Now, now in that in that St. John's game. Obviously, uh, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest factor in that game to me were the uh, the 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 total opposites of the seniors to the freshmen. You got yeah. the two seniors and the two freshmen, and you see these two freshmen really coming into their own. I think you had a, a, a tweet a few weeks ago that said, at some point, if Zach Fremantle and Kiki Tandy play play well together. This is going to be a tough team to beat, and it happened.
1: Yeah, minus the and, turnovers. You know, yeah, the turnover turnovers aside, I mean that Xavier did a lot to to put themselves in a position to lose that game by being sloppy and and not taking care of the ball. But to me, that that was also one of my bigger takeaways from that game was that look, this was one of the first times this season where we saw Kiki and we saw Zach and we saw them both play well on the same night. And not only did they play well. But they played well in in a hectic arena uh, a world class arena yeah in front of in front of a big fan base in a close game in a game that Xavier needed to win and you know you just think about being a freshman and being in that scenario in a scenario that you've never really been in before and you were able to do something you were able to impact winning and that's got to just flood flood their heads with confidence, man I think that, that's going to be huge for them going forward because uh, at some point in this this conversation, I'm sure we're going to talk about Villanova on Saturday, you rewind the clock back to the end of December. Very first Big East game on the road at Finneran Pavilion, and Zach Fremantle and Kiki Tandy both looked like they were out of place in that game. Yeah, They they looked like the Big East you know, punched them in the mouth that first time out. They might not have been ready for it. I'm sure that they probably weren't and now this comes full circle to today, talking here to you right now, and I see two totally different guys. I see two guys that that believe and know that they can they can compete at this level and that's not something that you could say at that first Villanova game.
0: Kiki especially and it's it's been here lately it, he has been attacking the basket, he's not just shooting which is was kind of getting on my nerves in the beginning all he was doing was just taking a couple threes every game. He's attacking, he looks like he feels more comfortable. Zach's been comfortable in games uh throughout, but Kiki looks comfortable and if that kid is as good as we've seen him on his YouTube videos and, and ah. down in high school in Kentucky. If he's legit that good, this is going to be – this could be a really good run. It could be fun to fu- – find. they always talk about how freshmen become sophomores. You know, they're not freshmen anymore at this point in the season. It's, yep. This this could be a lot of fun to watch Watch these two go. Now, now let's switch to the seniors. Tyreek Jones – we'll start with Tyreek Jones because Tyreek – I mean, is this the, I don't, I don't know how much you know about, um, I know you know about Xavier's history, but how in depth, but I've never, I haven't seen a rebounder like this since David West.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what Tyreek's in pursuit of, you know? So if he, if he can finish off this season, averaging a double, double, he'd be the first Xavier player to average a double double over the course of the season since David West. Wow. And, uh, I was actually, you know, curious. I, I had the chance, and unfortunately, it didn't work out. Maybe I'll try him again. But prior to the season, I was able to get David West on the phone for a story that I did about the history of the CentOS. Yeah, and, and I shot him a text, took a chance. He he completely rejected me; didn't even respond. But I, I'm Left curious, like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He, uh, I'm curious what he thinks of what Tyreek's doing. You know, because it's like. For for Tyreek to do this right now, with with the season on the line and the way that the year has gone, and he's really kind of put the team on his back, and you know I wonder what David West thinks of that. Honestly, if it, if he's even watching it, what what he thinks of seeing a big man kind of take over and dominate like David West used to do way back when, you it, know
0: exactly. When David West was playing, uh, it was crazy. You could watch him as a shot goes up. He he just put himself in the best positions and right now I feel like when you watch a game if if it's not just, you know, he's collecting 15 to 20 defensive rebounds, it's on the offensive board side. He's he's yeah. he's he's following the ball well and if he doesn't get the rebound, you almost feel like Xavier's not going to get it because if he doesn't get it, I don't know who is.
1: Yeah. But you know, the other thing about that is like what I've really started to notice is because of his presence in that department, and like hunting for rebounds and just being relentless, it, it attracts so much attention from whoever they're playing. And they say, you know what, we have to take care of this guy on the boards. And well, guess what? When you take care of one guy, you put so much focus and attention on one guy that leaves a little more space for Jason Carter to get in there and compete for rebounds, for yep. Najee to try to grab some rebounds, for Fremantle, Fremantle. To, to get in the mix. Yeah. So it's like, that just him be having that motor right now and that mentality to to compete and go after every rebound. I think it's really kind of having a ripple effect on, on the rest of Xavier's on the rest of Xavier's players to touch that floor.
0: And it's allowing guys like Naji Marshall to take over at the end of games because you can't you can't really get off of you can't leave Tyreek Jones to try Correct. to to help on Naji because if he misses, he's Tyreek's gonna get every offensive rebound. If you leave him, you have to keep a body on him. So, yeah, um, you know, hopefully that that goes on. So, before we get to the other senior, what's uh, what's Adam Bowne's favorite vegetable?
1: Oh, that's a good question. So, you know, I'm not I'm not a huge vegetable guy. Me neither. Um, Me neither. I, I have a select kind of maybe about five six vegetables that that I like to rotate that that I'm comfortable with. Um, I love broccoli, but I think at the end of the day the carrot is my favorite vegetable. Wow, the carrot. Huh. Raw yeah, carrot I love or the, the little
0: small guy
1: uh throwing you throwing know, some stew. Yeah, I'd prefer them cooked, but like in a in a jam in a bind, man, I'll eat some raw carrots.
0: Nice. I know your favorite fruit. I was gonna ask that and I, I crossed it out because we all know, you know you're this... an orange guy or Clementine or whatever those <laughs> things are that you you, keep, know, I'm, you I'm, keep
1: in front of you every game. I'm Team Clementine because of the, the simple ease with which you can unwrap it and get right to it. You know, an orange is a little more intensive. You got to put more effort into an orange, mm-hmm. um, but you know, the Clementine is just perfect. You know, you can carry it around, it can live outside the fridge for a little while, which is nice. So,
2: fun fact: I had the first orange I've had in probably 25 years this weekend.
1: Wow! No way. Yeah. So, what was what was the catalyst for this? Why did this happen? Yes, that's uh, what
2: I want to know. <laughs> Boy, Adam, put me on the spot here. I uh, know right? it. There <laughs> was a there was maybe a young lady involved that wanted me to try, try it, and so I went ahead and did that. But you uh, the thing is, that. you're as
0: you're as red as the reds <laughs> as the red style behind your head right now. Here,
2: here's the thing. Here's the thing is, I'm glad I'm glad she made me do that because uh, she so she gave me like three of them. I ended up eating all three and then I went and bought more. So, 25 years without an orange or something like that. And I'm I'm back, back in the game. Back on the orange you're train. On
1: a, you're on a roll. How about that. There
2: you go. On just that. the little tiny ones. You know those little tiny ones. Yeah, you roll them yeah. around in your hand, like he was talking about. Then you just they peel so easy. I'm I'm still working on the peel though, man. It's been so long. If you
0: take it and you put yeah. that little guy in your hand and you roll it around in a circular motion for about a minute and a half, really? it loosens up the the skin. Oh, the yeah. skin, and then you just take your finger, boom, peel it, and the whole thing falls apart.
2: The first time I tried to peel one by myself just like squeeze the heck out of it and juice all over my hands. It's just not well, a You got to learn
1: this is a, it's yeah. a trial and error process exactly and there right. is an art to unwrapping <laughs> a Clementine or an orange.
0: What, <laughs> what's your, what's, what's your uh, go-to unwrap for the, for the orange then Adam?
1: Well, first things first. Um, I, I like, I like to bring the temperature down on it a little bit. I think that helps unroll it. Um, you know, you get them really cold and they get stickier almost, you mm-hmm. know, those fibers mm-hmm. kind of, they wrap around it a little bit tighter, but generally I do. I roll it around a little bit, kind of wake up the inside, if you will, and then I take a little bite out of one corner, and I just start rolling that piece for as long as I can, um, start to introduce a little oxygen, you know, CO2, get it all in there. And then, you know, you just rip. It, it's fun, honestly. I Half the, the physics... fun of eating clementines is just unwrapping those suckers.
0: One hundred percent. The physics of Clementines. <laughs> with yeah. That and the
1: the best part is what you have there is you have just a little vitamin C bomb, man. I mean it's yeah. just it's gonna brighten your day. You yeah, know the y- aromatics of it too.
2: Yeah, sure. And you need that you need that vitamin C when you're walking through the New York airport. All that oh, all that sickness. Yeah. Oh, you,
1: you had to go through enough. you
0: had to go through New York so you didn't catch Corona, I guess. As of right no. now no Lyme Knock disease
1: on wood. Knock, I apparently there's like a 2 week incubation period so I technically I could be contaminated right now <laughs> but I feel I feel good like I said at the top of the show never been stronger
0: There you go Very nice. All right let's get back to these boys here for a second uh, uh, let's I want to talk about Quentin Gooden because Quentin Gooden gets uh he gets a lot of flack from Xavier fans uh all the time, I mean, the guy puts a yeah. shot up and they start booing him half the time in in the Centa Center, and it's sad it's terrible. I have always been a Quentin Gooden fan, even when he's struggling uh i'm <clears throat> i I like Quentin gooden what he's done for Xavier in four years has been phenomenal. I mean, as a freshman coming in when when uh Edmund Sumner got hurt and and helping yep. Xavier uh travel through the the NCAA tournament, this guy deserves better than what he's getting. However, it is kind of a struggle right now. He's coming off the bench. Kiki Tandy's taking a ton of minutes from him and is playing aggressive, although he's turning it over just as much. How you're around these guys all day, man. How's how's my boy Q doing?
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, it's a tough situation right now for him because ultimately the only person who can really answer that question is Q. And I think he's doing everything that he can to kind of put on a proud, a happy face, a strong face. Um, but I think right now his it, it's just between his ears, man. I yeah. mean w- what you're watching right now is like I you know, you, you hate to to kick anyone when they're down, but it's like he couldn't stay on the floor the other night in a game when like they could have used an experienced ball handler who makes good decisions.
0: Yeah, not a guy like and, Kiki who drops the ball and just stares at it as he walks towards it at the end of the game. I, correct. Wanted, I wanted to throw him out of the gym. <laughs>
1: And then you know Paul Scruggs fouls out at the end of St. John's, and Quentin Gooden does not replace him. Yep. Um, and I unfortunately I think that says a lot about like their the the confidence that they have in him is is probably wavering the same way that it's wavering with a lot of the fans. And you know you kind of hope you you hope that maybe he gets a spot and he can knock down a shot or do something worthwhile to to help them win a game. Because I, I think part of the problem, what's happening with him, is he is a team guy. He wants them to win. He wants them to do well. I'm sure that it's killing him to not be out there and to not be. But then you top it off with the fact that, like, his best friend on the team, a fellow senior, mm-hmm. Tyreek Jones, is playing out of his mind right now. You know, everyone is talking about what Tyreek's doing right now. And Quentin Gooden's kind of just – fading a little bit into the background and it's it's tough to see it's tough to watch because when you talk about Quentin Gooden what you're talking about is ultimately he's at 999 career points right now he's going to be a 1000 point scorer. yeah he's probably depending on you know how much time he gets on the court the rest of the year he's probably going to end his career third all-time in Xavier history and assists and for whatever reason, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on in his personal life or or kind of what's happening between his ears, but for a senior, he has shown an inability to make the right plays and to make smart decisions. And, you know, the, I think the real head scratching thing for Travis Steele and the rest of the staff and, and for Xavier fans for that matter is like, there are moments where he does all the right things, you mm-hmm. know, at TCU, Western Carolina. I thought Marquette at home quit had a great game for the most part. And so it's like he, you've seen him do it. We've all seen him do it. And now the fact that, like, you only have five games left and you're struggling to get on the floor. I mean, it's just it's not a good spot right now for that for Quentin.
0: No doubt, man. I tell you, it's 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 sad to watch because, like like you said, you just threw all the numbers out there. I mean, he's going to go down as a as a great Xavier basketball player, and I don't know if just he just needs to stay off Twitter. And you're only seeing the bad stuff. I mean, I go on there and I see yeah. I see what he you know he'll say something, and then there'll be you know 50 comments, good comments, but then who knows what he's getting on the backside of that? It could be hundreds of terrible people that. I have no idea what it's like to be 18 years old and have to play at Madison square gardens in front of 20,000 people. 100%.
1: So, and then you know how Twitter is, it's like you, you never focus on just the good comments. It's like the negative the negative ones are always louder for, especially when they're directed at you. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're that age, man. That's what you grew up with was that. So it's easy to say, just get off of it. Stop looking at it. But you grow up wanting all these people to see saying stuff to you, and then when it starts happening, yeah, you're gonna look at it. All right, so uh, let's go here. So, Skyline or Gold Star?
1: Oh, Skyline.
0: All right, so Skyline or Price Hill Chili?
1: Oh, putting my feet to the fire here, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I get. Can I like quantify this? One hundred percent. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Because
0: so it, like, as I asked you that, I kind of, I, I kind of feel bad because it's not really apples to apples.
1: Yeah, they're slightly different. You know, like Skyline, to me, one of the things that I really love about it is I love, like, that that it's quick, that that it can happen really fast, and you can get in, you can get out if that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the standard is the standard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, it's never going to disappoint. Now, my thing with Pricel Chili is, like, if I'm with a group of people, if I'm with friends or, you know, we're going out, like – to me, that's a scenario where I would want to go to Price Hill Chili over Skyline. It's like a, a group setting type thing, more of. If that makes sense. Sure.
2: Yeah, you can sit there and have time to relax and mm-hmm. hang out and, and talk. Yeah, and stuff like yeah. That. yeah, yeah. It's got a bar, have, you yeah. know. They have alcohol. The Golden yeah. fleet. You got <laughs> there you go. the Golden Fleece. There go. Attached to it, you're good to go. <laughs> and more and more options too. If you don't, you know, that's my thing. Is I never get more tired of Skyline, but I, I also go to Price Hill Chili sometimes and get different things. I don't.
0: I don't know. I think I've had a cheese coney twice in my life at price hill chili i don't i just don't get chili at price hill chili yeah you got the Bengal. you got the landmark i get a double landmark extra mayo and it's a heart attack waiting to happen it's the greatest thing in the world so
1: that's beautiful yeah
0: so (laughs) it's not exactly apples to apples but it is what it is
1: so if you if you want to hear an interesting tidbit about your question here skyline or price hill chili so one of my best friends is a Lamborghini's. oh really joey yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Lamborghini family, as you know, they they started Skyline Chili way back when. So yeah. Joey, he now owns and runs the the Delhi Skyline, and he recently got married, and he married a Beltos, which is oh, the wow. Price, yeah. which is the Price Hill Chili really? family. So. What we have here in Cincinnati unfolding right now is a beautiful thing. It's the unification of two chili dynasties that on the west excellent. side of Cincinnati. That is It is amazing. So what I'm what I'm silently working on behind the scenes, and now it's not going to be so silent anymore because I'm telling you guys. But <laughs> I need I need it like a a spinoff. I need Skyline and Price Hill Chili to somehow Whoa. join forces. Um, you know what could we do with Price Hill Chili's venue if they incorporated some some skyline products or, or vice versa you know yeah. the possibilities are endless could
0: you imagine going into going into skyline and saying i'll take a instead like of a saying mailman, instead of i'll take a three a three way <laughs> <laughs> instead of a three-way with a a three-way with a with a cheese cone he's saying i'll take a i'll take a three-way with a with a half a bangle or something like oh my gosh this town this town
1: would go crazy It'd be anarchy. Oh,
0: they would. Price Old <laughs> Chili, which is already the best of the small town chilies, would take over the world.
1: Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Unbreakable. 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 Probably more fitting. That's exactly
0: right. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, Xavier's got uh, Xavier's got a big one coming up here Saturday. Uh, but, you know, obviously this is a, a different team than played them earlier in the year, the Villanova earlier in the year. The defense. Uh, has been more consistent over the last four games. Um, yep. still playing a lot of close games, which is good if you ask me, they're and they're winning them. So uh, besides Marquette, what does Xavier have to do to beat a really good Villanova team?
1: Well, so I think you know two things jump out to me right away when I look at this game. and I think back to that first one, the big East opener, which we touched on earlier, Xavier made one three in that game. Didn't come till the very end. Kiki finally got one to fall. Yep. The other thing was Villanova. They controlled the glass in that game. They, they, I forget exactly how many offensive rebounds they got, but it led to something like 11 or 12 second chance points in a game that was decided by six points. So, you know, I think Xavier also saw Villanova go on a 17, run in that first game. So it's, For me, if I'm Xavier, I've got to be confident. You know that you can play with this team. You played with them on their floor. You know, you did a lot to kind of help them win that game, a lot to hurt yourself. So I think first and foremost, Xavier has to control the glass. And, you know, the problem with playing a team like Villanova and being able to do that is they shoot so many threes, that equates to longer rebounds, which are harder to control, harder to block out on. Um... But th- th- that's got to be a team effort. That's got to be priority number one is, hey, we cannot give up offensive rebounds to this team and give them second chances. Number two is I think that Colin Gillespie is a problem for Xavier. And uh, you just look at it like this. In that first game, Najee Marshall was on Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay really did not do anything in that first game. Completely neutralized him, took him away. But they had Quentin Gooden on Colin Gillespie for a lot of that first game. Um, and then I think that they had Paul Scruggs on one of their bigger guys like Jermaine Samuels yeah. or something like that. But to me, that's, a, that's a glaring matchup problem for Xavier is who are you going to put on Colin Gillespie? Cause Colin Gillespie is hotter than a black market firecracker right now. Man. <laughs> he, he is just dialed in and you know, the problem from Xavier's perspective is, well, if you take nausea, your best on ball defender and you put him on Colin Gillespie, well then who's going to guard Sadiq Bay. So there are some matchup problems here for Xavier and I thought in the first meeting Villanova really went at Kiki Tandy when he was on the floor so if Kiki wants to be out there for extended minutes on the floor on Saturday he's got to do a better job on defense so and really don't turn the ball see. over 22
0: yeah. damn times.
1: Well yeah, yeah, that's obvious, you know. It's yeah. like <laughs> if you do that against Villanova they're going to run you out of your own gym, man. Yeah. I mean, that cannot happen. Now I think the good thing for Xavier in this game is Villanova's not high ball pressure from start to finish like St. John's is. Now, I thought Xavier had a lot of a lot, way too many turnovers that St. John's had nothing to do with. Right. Um, That that absolutely cannot happen. We talked about offensive rebounds. Well, turnovers are the exact same thing. They give Villanova's offense extra opportunities to score can't do that with a good team so it's like there are there are some themes in, in this game that are going to really decide it and i'm curious to see how xavier handles all that because this is a game where it's like if you can find a way to win this one you know we're not just talking about oh you are you going to make the ncaa tournament we're talking about well you're probably going to jump out of that first round wednesday night Big East tournament game yep and then you know top it off with well ncaa tournament Maybe we're talking about you jumping up lines and, and maybe working your way into the top half of a bracket. So, who knows? You know, this is going to be a big one.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about it, man. Um, I got. Are tell- you gonna go? You gonna be there? Oh, we got season tickets. I, w- I I don't miss I don't miss a home game, especially if it's Villanova. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. That's, That's what I like happen. to hear. No. Uh, and I'll, I'll be up at Duff's, uh, which is a little, a little area. And before the game, uh, Andy McWilliams, who uh, Andy Max, one of my all-time favorite Xavier people in my entire life. Uh, I remember Andy when he could still talk. Uh, and he had one <laughs> of the most beautiful voices you've ever heard in your life. I still like it now. But you got to stand up on, on the stage with a Xavier, not just a Xavier legend. You know, he's in like four Hall of Fames.
1: Yeah, someone was telling me this after the fact cuz I interviewed him and you know, I I must have done a terrible job cuz I didn't really find out all that much about <laughs> who he is and how spectacular he is. So
0: He's in the hockey hall of like the broadcasting hall of fame. He's in college bass. <laughs> He's in all kinds of different stuff. He he uh the guys the guys amazing, but you did a good job up there, man. I got to say you, Thank you you filled in well. I could definitely tell that uh you did a good job when um well, who did they have come up there on stage with you?
1: Michael Davenport. Oh, Davenport, yeah. yeah.
0: Davenport came up there. You did a really good job of just kind of sitting back and letting Andy take over. I'll give you that one.
1: Yeah, at that <laughs> point, you know, it's not about me. That's and right. Interestingly enough, there's, like, there's an outside chance you could see me again up there on Saturday because Andy Mack just had a hip replaced.
0: Oh, really? And,
1: yeah, so... He, I actually, I talked to him on the phone today. He gave me a call. He's feeling better, feeling good, um, but he's not. He's not definitive for. So I guess we could call him probable, so maybe you, questionable. So you for, may be stepping. Saturday.
0: You may be stepping into the lead.
1: Well, no, actually, I think it would be uh, me and Redford, and I'd probably defer to him in that scenario because I believe he's getting some sort of payment from Xavier <laughs> when he does that. So <laughs> from, from I say, hey, you know what, man, <laughs> you're getting paid. You you handle this. I'll step in when you need me. Lead me
0: lead me where I need to go. Uh Brad does a good job up there. Those guys are have you ever been up there and watched the I guess you're never you've never probably been up there while they do their their little yeah, spiel. You
1: know, normally I'm I'm kinda sitting at my laptop waiting for the starting lineups to get posted. So I've never been up there to see those two guys go at it and interact.
0: Ex Xavier basketball player Brad Redford, best pure shooter Xavier's had since Byron Larkin. And just a shooter, that's all he did, nothing else. He, he didn't play defense. He, uh, well, I mean, he might have tried, but he didn't do any, much of anything else. Uh, anyway, You know
1: what's interesting about Redford? I just heard it on – they had him on Sports Rap, um, or one of those local TV station shows. But, you know, coming out of high school in Michigan, he actually beat out Draymond Green yeah. for Mr. Basketball oh, in Michigan, wow. which, is, which is crazy. And they would,
0: they would go back and forth. Like, they, like him and Draymond would go back and forth uh, at each other. No, they, I don't. Yeah, I doubt text Draymond years.
2: Green uh, trash talked at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> we not. don't need to get into this. Draymond <laughs> Green's one of my least favorite people in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So before I let you go, man, Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati basketball, tough day today. Uh, did you watch the Bearcats game?
1: I watched the end. Did and you? Oh, I gotta well, say, you saw all that mattered then. Yeah. You know that that was uh, UC is like. A real enigma. I, I, You could say the same thing about Xavier. You know, they're both Half quite the difficult to figure out. Yeah, that's this is a good year to be uh, an enigmatic team like that. <laughs> yeah. but it's like you see, you, you watch them at the end of games sometimes, and they don't, for having a guy who's like talked about as a preseason All-American, the reigning conference player of the year, sometimes they don't look like they know what they're doing at the and you know i guess i'm kind of contradicting myself because they have won some of these close games they've found a way to pull some of them out but in in other ones um it's just the their end of the game kind of it, it it's surprising the, the way that they finish at times i think yeah
0: i agree uh i think that's the best way to do it uh, i don't understand I, I just don't understand how you don't get a shot off in time. You have you. If there's 0.2 seconds left, you know you got a tip. If there's one second left, you got two dribbles. at least one dribble on a shot. You yeah, know what he, to do. Put get the shot. He did the off. same
1: thing against UConn at yeah. the end. Yeah,
0: exactly. I don't know, man. It's a that's that's frustrating for me. Um, even as not a Xavier as not a UC fan, but, still. but
1: that's that's a quite the loss for them. I mean, I mean that's a another bad loss and i mean i spoke to some bracketologists for a story that i did last week and there were a lot of those bracketologists that said you know you lose to east carolina you lose to ucf on your home floor and you you might be looking at a scenario no matter what happens the rest of the regular season so you go out and beat wichita state again you go beat houston again Even if you finish with the rest of your, you might be in a scenario because of how many bad losses you have where you have to win the AAC tournament to get in. So it's like they've really put themselves behind the eight ball here. There's going to be a lot of bubble watching from the Bearcats people. And I guess, you know, from Xavier's perspective, too, they they aren't guaranteed entry at this point either, so.
2: Yeah. That was going to be my last question for you, Adam. What do you think Xavier has to do in these last five games of the regular season and in the conference tournament to, number one, make sure they're for sure in, and then number two, what do they have to do to, I guess, if they maybe win out or go 4-1 and one or something like that in these last five games and then maybe make it to the semifinals or the finals at least of the conference tournament, how high a seed do you think they can reach?
1: yeah, so I think i'll I'll start with the the last part of that because it's like you know you look at some of these some of these projections right now. I've seen Xavier as low as an eight. I've seen him as high as an eleven. I think the ceiling on on their, you know the one caveat being if they could find a way to do something they've never done before and win the Big East tournament this year in a in a year when the Big East is as good as it is. I mean, depending on what they did the rest of the regular season, if that happened, I could see them maybe going as high as like a six. Okay. Um, yeah. But here's here's my thinking: if, if Xavier if Xavier can, if you look at their last five games, four of them are quad one, mm-hmm. one of them's quad two. If they can if they can win three, go three and two, that put them at twenty and eleven. I think that if they do that, then they're probably in a pretty good place to snag an at-large bid no matter what happens at Madison Square Garden. Now, if they can find a way to win four games, um, I would say book it, bet bet on it uh, that they'd get in. Now, the interesting thing for me in all this is I think Xavier has to avoid playing on that Wednesday night in the Big East Tournament. You know they they can do enough in these last five games to not have to worry about it. Um, but if they have if you got to play on Wednesday night, historically teams that have to play and start on Wednesday night, it's not going to be easy to dig, to get yourself out of that hole. And I think if Xavier's in a scenario where they have to go to Madison Square Garden and at least win a game to get in, um, I, I wouldn't want it to be on that Wednesday. That's just me personally. I'm with but. you.
0: I don't think anybody ever wants said I've only seen it. Ha- I've only seen Xavier make a run like that one time. They they beat St. Joe's uh, to win the win the A10 tournament way back when. But they had to win five games or four game. Yeah, five, was it five? It was five back to four back then to to get out of it. They had they didn't get a buy in that, and they ended up coming through and beating Jameer Nelson and the number one uh, St. Joe's Flyers. St. Joe's flyers, whatever what St. Joe's. I don't even know what St. Joe's
1: are. What, <laughs> yeah. what is St. Joe's? I, they have like a big bird. They, they have like a hawk. oh, that's the yeah. one.
0: That they, you know that that hawk never stops flapping at least one arm. It's it's
1: it, remarkable. It's a, I, I, they were down they were down in Charleston this year when Xavier was down there, and yeah. I was like. What do this dude's arms look like underneath this? Exactly. Like he, he didn't stop flapping the whole time. It's a frat. Like, oh it's a God. frat
0: and that's that's the part of the, that frat has a kid in that thing all the time and they are not allowed to stop for the that entire game. That is remarkable. Yeah. I didn't know
1: that. Yeah. That's interesting. These frat kids are crazy. But you man. know to to top it off on my on my point there, you know, if Xavier does avoid that first round game on Wednesday, in my mind, that probably means that they did enough over these last five games to take to care of business it. in the regular season. Yeah, so sense. so that's why I think that's kind of big for me. It's like if Xavier's in a scenario where you're playing on that Wednesday night, then you probably didn't do what you need to do in the last five regular season games, and then that puts a ton of pressure on that one Wednesday night game. You know? Yeah. That's not a spot where the, where this team wants to be, I don't think.
0: I'm with you, man. All right, well, it's, we, we've, we've kept you for way too much of your yeah. time. It's late at night. Uh, you gotta, I like
1: talking to you guys. I, I, I appreciate it, it man. Yeah. We,
0: we appreciate it for sure. We are going to get off with you, and we're going to get into Tyson Fury. We're the
1: Fury-Wilder oh. fight.
0: You, uh, you got any takes before we let you go?
1: I mean, to me, I find it endlessly interesting that Tyson Fury's out here saying he's going to knock Deontay Wilder out in the <laughs> second round. But that's like, what he does. Second round. Jeez. That's what he
2: does. Though. That's what I heard
1: I just heard him say. And you know, it's like you look at these guys' records and they're just what a great time. I mean, this is a boxing hasn't well, been this
0: good in a long time.
1: I know. I know. It's uh it's I'm I'm kind of strategically hoping that like everything goes smoothly on saturday with the xavier villanova game where i can like get my work done and try to find a way to go watch that fight somewhere because i feel like i haven't been this excited for a heavyweight fight in a long long time
0: i just love the way that they couldn't be any more opposites of each other yeah big flabby yeah. white guy extremely sculpted black dude <laughs> and these two got and and in the and they just go. I don't know. Fury's mouth is what cracks me up the most. <laughs> oh boy! I want him to get knocked out so bad. Anyway, me, me, and Adam are going to get into this after we let you go. But uh, sounds good. Who's boys. your? Who's going to win that? Who's going to win the fight?
1: Oh, I'm going with uh, with Deontay. I, I just think, you know, if you're if you're in there long enough with him. You're... At some point, at some point, he's going to catch you with something. <laughs> he's throwing that, that, bombs, that's for sure. Yeah, he's already—he's
0: thrown enough of them. Tyson Fury's taking quite a few of them. Yeah. I know. He's, that's
1: the—that's the—that's why this is such a great fight. Is because like Tyson's a dude where. He already took all. He already saw all that once, and it wasn't enough to stop him. He came back for more, and that's he's a crazy person. He's one hundred percent a crazy person.
0: Description. Yeah, I love it. He kind of looks like Kenny Freeze a little bit. Actually, yeah, that's not far off. That's not far off. All right, Adam, man, we'll let you get to bed, man. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Real quick, send out your uh, Twitter uh, for for everybody to follow you and catch all your stories.
1: Yeah, it's Adam J Baum. B A U M
0: beat writer for the Inquire, USA today uh for Xavier Musketeers uh man once again dude appreciate it we'll get you on maybe yeah. we'll get you on uh uh somewhere around the tournament we
2: got to get yeah, you that'd on be before great, buddy. yeah, yeah. If we if we don't talk to you before you head back up to New York, though, I hope it is a rat free trip to you for God, you. God, I hope so. Too. Back up to I New York so for the too. for the Viggies tournament.
1: Well, at least you guys
0: can can coincide well together. <laughs> That's right. All right, buddy. You have a good one, man. Thanks again. Take, take care, care guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, yeah. Adam. Are we there? I tell Adam you what, Bay man. Bell. I I I love talking to that guy, but I feel bad. We're forty five minutes in this podcast. I, I, I feel I feel like we take take too much time. But you know what? It's good. He. He's good with it so I'm good with he's it. He's very generous with that, his time. He is very generous with his time. We appreciate that and he is well spoken. That dude uh that dude's going places. I'm telling you right now. His story he he writes phenomenally. If you get a chance to get on to the Inquirer, um, I, I, we talked about this last week with Bobby Nightingale. $1 for 3 months or something going yeah, on yeah. right now. If you jump on that, check this dude's stories out. Even if you're a Xavier fan or not, he he he's very good at what he does. Very good at what he does. Very, Very knowledgeable and uh, a lot of fun. So I think we've already kind of said uh, what's next, but let's do uh, – whenever we have a guest, we don't usually get to the sponsors in the beginning.
2: So go ahead, man. Yeah, we got uh, first first and foremost training – maybe not foremost. I shouldn't say that about anybody else. But anyway, training personally with Peggy Edwards. Uh, <clears throat> Chris, yeah. uh New Year's is coming up, you know, and uh, <laughs> I heard you were at
0: training personally today. There's an opportunity. If you go to training personally, you could see one of the nosebleed sports podcast hosts.
2: Yeah, Everybody calm down. Calm down. We're just people <laughs> like everybody else. Um, anyway, the uh, but the top news since New Year's is coming up. Uh, the top New Year's resolution for many people is getting into shape or at least adding consistent exercise to your routine it's so much easier to stop exercising regularly than it is to start just ask me because today was the first time i've been there since october 21st yes sir it is february 19th Uh, the toughest part though is getting to the gym so finding a place you want to go and that makes you want to go back is the most important part of making time in your day for physical fitness I know that place. It is training personally with Peggy Edwards. Peggy Edwards is a certified personal trainer, a certified nutrition specialist. And you know what? She's also a little bit of a, a therapist. She might be end up being your therapist. Um, <laughs> Peggy Edwards will help you achieve your fitness goals, whatever they are. Uh, she will put you through a guided circuit training workout that will push you exactly how much you need to change your life. You'll look better, you'll feel better, you'll be happier. Visit training personally. 3634 Boudinot Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio. You can contact Peggy, get the information straight from her, 3280296. And whether you stop in or you talk to her over the phone, let her know that you heard about training personally on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, and she will provide your first month of training sessions for free. One more time. That is training personally with Peggy Edwards three two eight zero two nine six or trainingpersonally.com She's also on Facebook. Training personally with Peggy Edwards.
0: There you go. Uh, also, I'm gonna we're gonna keep repping the the Kraft Burger Brothers, man, because uh, they are coming on the show March eleventh. We're gonna have Jeremy in here. He's gonna make us some burgers. We're gonna pig out, talk sports, talk meat, talk burgers. <laughs> it's gonna be an absolute blast. Uh, I actually went to a Chicago Cubs game with this guy, uh, oh, geez, probably 12 years ago or so. Wow. Well, I was 21, so how old am I now? 36, so – there you go, 15 years ago. Gosh, bless America. It's a long time. So maybe we'll get into some of those stories because I got some really funny stories from that trip uh, that Jeremy was involved in. But he'll be here. Kraft Burger Brothers are just a couple of guys trying to make a dream become a reality, man. They make some killer burgers, and they're ready to serve the West Side. They got a food truck coming. They'll be at um, – we're, we're going to let you know where they're going to be, but I believe they're going to be Del High Liquor Stores opening up a tap room uh, where you can – you can get some. You can get some uh, some beers down under, down underneath in their little addition, and they are going to be there for the grand opening, March eighteenth, if I'm not mistaken. So check it out, and then they're gonna. He's going to be here with us on March eleventh. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk burgers, but check them out. Uh, that's all I got. There you Let's go. Let's talk Wilder Fury.
2: Let's do it. Um, so <clears throat> I got a chance last weekend to watch the first fight. Yep. And I don't know what did you did you ever watch that fight? Uh,
0: not all of it. I I saw it on it was they put it on Fox on Fox Sports mm-hmm. um a couple different times uh here recently. Here recently, but it it wasn't the whole fight, but um it was a lot of the it was a lot of the, I mean, we pr- you probably got of the 12 rounds. I think you got like 8 or 9 rounds of it, so. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um so okay, so so I don't know if you had a an opinion about. So the first fight ended in a draw, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had an opinion about who actually won that fight, um, but I would. S- so okay, I'll go first, go and ahead. I will say that um, Tyson Fury probably did outpoint him. Um, so it, it, he, Tyson Fury, uh, but but he also laid on his back. He was also laying on his back. He got knocked down a couple times and I think completely out that that second time. I think he was was out for a second.
0: Maybe a second, but he laid there and was playing to the – he plays to the crowd so much. He does. He waited till that eight-second count, the standing eight count, and then jumped up and immediately walked out and started sticking his tongue out and wagging his hands around. He is a nutcase. Anyway, go ahead.
2: He is well. You, you know what? You brought it up, and that's the thing. That's why I am I am rooting hard for for Deontay, Deontay Wilder. Wilder because Tyson Fury it makes me furious. Um, I kind of watching mean, I him. I enjoy it, man. It's an inter, it's
0: entertainment. These guys are doing the, this. Look at a guy like like Conor McGregor, right?
2: That's Conor why why I McGregor, can't stand him. Conor either. McGregor. He's a, totally, he's a different guy though. He's a knucklehead.
0: But but he's uh, you know you say he's, some people say he's changed here recently or not I don't know who knows the last fight he was hugging the guy's grandma he was hugging the cowboy's grandma and stuff telling him how great of a kid he is and how amazing she is all this other stuff anyway and not jumping it wasn't Diaz jumping over trying to beat up his corner or anything like right. that so what I'm saying is though I watched an interview with Conor McGregor and he all they did was just show him the pre-fight interviews that he's done Mm -hmm. and he's laughing and he's like man i yeah i don't know how i do this man it just comes off the cuff he but it's all about making money it's all about selling pay-per-views it's what it's all about and he does it well and fury i don't know if he learned from anything from that or if he's just the same type of dude but that's what sells this stuff you got you got wilder who's just a, a he's He's the guy from Rocky. He's uh, he's the Russian from Rocky. The dude's a physical specimen. He's cut out of brick. The dude is chiseled from stone, and Fury is a flabby, long-armed, really good boxer. Yes, and you would think you you'd walk into a walk into a ring with a dude that looked like that and not be running your mouth, but he does, and it's going to be fun to watch i i think i think tyson fury uh is a better boxer uh technique wise right right uh jab jab move around stuff like that however there's nobody that has the the there's nobody right now in between these two wilder wilder knock you out in a split second it's like it's like tyson you know don't blink because he's got heavy hands. And if they connect, which is hard to connect with with Fury because he's so long and he can keep you away. But when they do, you saw it, knocked him down a couple times in the first fight. So it's gonna be real fun. I'm excited about this, man. I, I don't I listen, I can't sit here and talk boxing uh inside and out, right? I don't sure. know all the ins and outs of boxing. I just love watching it and I I, I think I've just talked myself into rooting for Tyson
2: Fury. Did you? I think I did. All right. I mean, I'm, we didn't really prepare for this, but maybe we need to make a bet on this. Fight. I'm
0: totally down. What's the bet, So, if you were to, if you, I feel like this should be a boxing type bet, right? So, uh, I'm I don't know why I immediately start looking around the room like well, I'm gonna bet something out of the out of this room. What are we gonna? Let's do I, something. I feel
2: like if that's the case, maybe we have to. Uh, maybe we got to do a certain number of push-ups or a certain length of a plank or something like that during the podcast. Um. <laughs> okay. Hey, I, 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 I ate four and a I'm half got, stupid hot wings. All right, totally, you can do ten yeah. push-ups. I, it's not, not 10. It's not gonna be ten. I was it's gonna, say, be 10. gonna be
0: more than ten. It's not be ten. Um, I say just I. I feel like you should have to do. How about this? Fifty push-ups throughout the length of the that's the exactly show. Exactly what I was thinking. And then, but whoever wins, they it's ten ten push-ups at a time. Whenever they feel like it, just look over. Boom! Give me ten. And you have to do that five times, and okay. if you could just say it five times in a row, and I and I'd have to do fifty push-ups right there, <laughs> or spread them out through the show and uh, make it you know however you want to do it. You All up right, for let's it? do that. All right, let's I'll take that. Fury, you take Wilder. Yep, got it. All right, that sounds good. The,
2: the, but you're, I mean, you're right. This is definitely uh, this is a boxer versus a fighter. I think because it, te- technically, Fury is a better boxer. His his technique, his just his guard alone. If that's the that's the thing that bothers me about Deontay Wilder is hands are down. His hands, yeah, his hands, hands are, down are down, and his elbows are way out. I mean, he's holding. He doesn't protect his body. He doesn't protect his head. What does he need to protect, he dude? He's throwing... made of
0: stone. Nothing hurts that. <laughs> you can't hurt <laughs> nah, him with a body shot
2: against a boxer. Against a boxer like Fury, um, he can do he can do damage accumulatively. So he, mm-hmm. he you know, he's gonna. Uh, that's the thing I think in the first fight. Wilder probably won the first couple the first two or three rounds and then which was which was kind of similar to what uh what what Floyd Mayweather always did like he would he would start out slow he'd kind of just yep. walk around and then he would start he would just start picking at you mm-hmm. he would just start, and then he would start winning every round 10-9 the and, most
0: and, technically and, sound boxer I've seen in my lifetime Floyd yeah, Mayweather yeah. for
2: sure and and, uh, and Fury's a little bit he's a he's a much 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 bigger now I'm not gonna compare him to floyd mayweather yet uh because he's got a while to go in his career i think but or i don't know maybe you know what they uh, no i nah, go ahead a- anyway he um uh, he is he he's a he's a good technical boxer, and that's how he that's how he the people that believe he won the first fight that's how i mean he he was he had uh he had Wilder's eye swollen just from jabs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't hitting with a ton of power punches. He was jabbing him to death. He's got a two inch reach advantage, mm-hmm. um, and he definitely used it. You know, and he used his technique and he used his reach. And it's it's it feels
0: like he has a, a a bigger advantage with his reach by the way they fight because Wilder's looking to get up, get into you, and hit you with that big one. Where he's looking to stay away. So Wilder might only be two inches less reach on him. But it's really turns like it's like six or eight inches when you watch the fight. Fury's always two feet away, three feet away from it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Wilder's gonna look for that angle that he can get inside and throw a giant over the top right hand or under that uppercut <laughs> that he hit him with from the or you know from the side. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, so anyway, I, I'm with you. I don't know if I'm gonna get a chance to watch uh, the fight or not on Saturday night. Elder plays kind of late. Um, in their tournament game, so I may not get to see it yet, but uh, I'll, I'm going to try to catch it somewhere somehow. I'm going to find um, an
0: emoji with push-ups, and yeah? I'm going to send you 50. Oh, of I don't them.
2: know that they have that.
0: I'll make it. <laughs> there you go. Can <laughs> you have make you... a meme? Is there something out there you can make a meme?
2: Oh sure, yeah. Anybody I need
0: to. I need to figure out how to do that. My dad just sent me a meme that he made. I feel like I need to do this because I, I think got, it's pretty easy. I've I got never some really it, fun yeah. pictures and videos that I could turn into memes. I feel like, yeah, do it. I want to, or I'm gonna start taking really goofy pictures and videos
2: to do it. I don't know how. I guess I guess I gotta figure it out. Yeah, make a meme that says, "I don't always do push-ups, but when I do, mine I- well, Dual maybe that's
0: the wrong thing. Pockets. I think I'm saying the wrong thing. Not a meme. That's a the gif, wrong maybe? word. That's what I'm looking for. That the, the GIF, the, uh, GIF, uh, a gif-y moving, gif-y a, yeah, a
2: moving picture, yeah, sort of deal. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I love those are my favorite ones. Right? Those are my. That's my new go to on the old on there, the old text box. Man, there are a lot of good ones. I like to do. I like to do yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah, Tyreek Jones has got a bunch of them. Does he? Yeah, you get good, just type in, you hit the little red little thing on your on your iPhone, you know, and type in Tyreek Jones in the search bar, and boom, he's got a bunch of them. I think they just put the Fremantle one where he walked Fremantle like fifteen feet
2: when he had his jersey, <laughs> and Heldon
0: was just screaming at him after he got that rebound and put that bar, not the rebound, but after he put that shot up. So anyway, um, big game for for UC UC. You see Xavier, uh, Wilder Fury. That leaves us with one thing left on this podcast. Yeah. And uh, I think it, everybody kind of knows what this goes to. Oh, you know what? Before we get to this, I got a story. Please do. Can it. I tell you a story? Yes. I I I a while back, I, I told a story of I was on uh, Route 32 heading, uh, heading west back into town. I was out Mount Orbways about an hour from my house. And I, uh, I, I had a fart that I thought was going to be no good, and, or it was no good, and I ended up crapping my pants, right? Uh, did a really good job. Go back and listen to it. Uh, it's oh, a, okay. it's, you can go back, and I did a good job of keeping myself clean in the car. Uh, phenomenal, everything clean, no, no issues. Just a little, little dookie in the drawers, <laughs> and that's it. So today, today, I'm on 32, coming back from Maysville. Right. Oh, I'm on 32 and I'm about at that Mount Orb area where I was at. And I farted and I knew I had to poop. I had to poop so bad for a while. But dude, when you're out in the middle of the boonies, there's nowhere. There's nothing but trees. <laughs> and uh, so, oh, man, I was like, I got to find a place, got to find a place. I couldn't think of anywhere because the gas stations around there are like, dude, I can go anywhere. Right. It don't bother me. But I, I'd rather it be pretty clean. You know, I'd rather it be semi-clean. Yeah. Uh, rather. So I'm trying to think in my head. Oh, and then I had a fart come. Oh, and I just held off at the end just in enough time before <laughs> anything bad happened. What did I pull up to? A brand new hospital they just built out on 32 out that way. First time ever. I tell you, I told you before, I like the the hotels. I stop at a hotel, just walk into their lobby pooper. <laughs> The lobby, the lobby, Dookie, lobby, Dookie at the at the uh, hospital might be my new go to. The <laughs> oh, hospital man. poop might be my new go to. Nobody talks to you or even look. Nobody wants to look anybody at the hospital in the eyes because they don't know why they're there, what's going on. Walk right through, sit down. Nobody in there. I was in there for twenty minutes. Nobody came in
2: there. That's a dream to me. No, oh, so I'm, I'm looking for a bathroom, a public. I'm not looking for a public restroom. If I have to go in one, though, I'm looking for one that nobody's coming in.
0: Yep. I totally thought that I had a a second coming of, of my bad time, but I think I've got a new thing, man. I've been telling people for a long time,
2: hotels, hotels, hotels. I think I might be a hospital guy. You're going to end up having to tell somebody a story where you're like, oh, yeah, I was at the emergency room, and they're like, what? What happened? Oh, no, I just stopped in to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I was just dropping a deuce, man. Yeah just dropping a deuce my new thing <laughs> must have been some kind of deuce if you had to go to the emergency room for it that's right um okay so speaking of
0: so there you go buddy. No, i thought that was i thought that was pretty good i thought i thought you would enjoy that so that was yeah I'm glad um you said that. so comedy special this is the comedy segment we have got
2: tom papa tom papa you're doing great is the title you're, of his netflix you're special doing great you're doing great which uh, and effects, doggone it i appreciate people it. like you yeah yeah um
0: All right, I'm gonna. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You go for it. I'm just gonna start it off and say, uh, it wasn't terrible. Okay, Mm -hmm. it wasn't bad, uh, but it wasn't good. (laughs) I was bored for a lot of it. I never. It it, he had a lot of funny stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing was pretty funny. It was the exact same cadence all the time. The whole thing was exactly the same, and it that got on my nerves a little bit. Uh, but. Uh, I, I mean, I I I give it like a I don't want to give it a three a middle of the road three I want to go a little less so I might go like a two point seven five or something like that. Oh I yeah, I drop it down uh, just a little oh. below the ones that were pretty the, the hundredths place. I found a few, <laughs> I found a few times where I actually laughed, but for the most part, I mean, it was funny, but I wasn't like laughing hard. I never, I, I never, I never felt myself really, really get a good one.
2: Okay, I, I'm. Uh, are you Are you good on your review?
0: Yeah, that's all you got. Yep. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I got notes here if you want to talk about it for a little bit. But uh, yeah, if
2: you want to, it's up to you. Go ahead. Uh, so, so I'm not. Uh, I didn't. I don't disagree with anything you said, um, but I did. I kind of. I kind of liked because it was totally different. I do not remember the last time. The one thing that really jumped out. I don't remember the last time that. A comedian left the microphone in the stand for the entire hour. Yeah, he did that. Yep, and he did not walk away from it. He didn't. He did almost no physical stuff
1: as <laughs> part
0: of his. If you read the the you know his little his little part uh the the description of it and I don't think he does much physical stuff no, at all he he doesn't, but I
2: kind of liked it you know I kind of yeah. it was all spoken word stuff and, and and I appreciate that and i I agree with you like you said it wasn't like I wasn't rolling on the floor or anything like that, but it wasn't bad it was he had some pretty good stuff he's he talked a lot about um almost kind of another different thing and by the way not only did he leave the microphone in the microphone stand the entire time his he was in a suit and his jacket was buttoned the entire time. Yeah. I mean, he was he was a buttoned up guy and he in, you know, literally and figured he, he was a
0: throwback to the old 50s comics.
2: Yeah, and and I kind of liked it. It was j- maybe just because it was a little change of pace or something. Yeah. Um I kind of liked that he he had the professional thing going on, not that, you know, you're in comedy is you have to look <laughs> look do professional. Want, right? Um but I, I did, there was something about it that was maybe a little charming for me. And, um, he, you know, he talked a lot about almost the opposite of what people are talking about. Like people are talking about all the things going wrong in the world and all the things yeah. that are terrible. He's like, look, everybody chill out and relax. And you know, like yeah. y- y- everything, everything, you're fine. Sure. You're fat. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. So what? Who cares?
0: <laughs> you know, you're doing yeah, fine. You're doing fine. Yeah. Um, I like the, when he said, he said, he said, you know, everybody needs a little, everybody needs a little funny looking in their life, right? Like you're sitting at the dinner table, you know, you marry, you got to marry somebody with a little funny looking at them. You look across and you know, you're you got a little funny in you. You look across and you're like, man where are you going? Yeah. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the I think the
2: first time he, I really laughed out loud though. Um, he was kind of talking about that thing, but he was like, um, <laughs> he was talking about people being fat and and you know we're all overweight and everything and he was like uh, he's, you know, people talk about well, other generations were skinnier, and he's like, but they were miserable. He said, he said <laughs> Gandhi, one. Gandhi wasn't skinny because he was killing it at Soul Cycle. <laughs> <laughs> he wore a diaper and ate butterflies for lunch. <laughs> that, like, that made me laugh that's pretty hard one. when he said that's he ate going. butterflies. That's <laughs> a
0: good one. Yeah, um, I think I'd stop taking notes at that point because I was going <laughs> to write that down because I do remember that's a good. One. He had some I mean there were good, it was good. Maybe two point, maybe it is a 3. I'm going to go back to a 3. But I'm not going any higher than a 3. Yeah. 3 highs. That's it. Uh,
2: okay. Um <laughs> one more one more he, thing that I did agree with him on. He had he was talking about like <laughs> bad ideas like why people do these things. One was breakfast in bed. <laughs> nah. Sounds good. Nah. No. Nope. He said something like, Good luck here, good here, mom, good luck uh not spilling that orange juice all over your nightgown or <laughs> yeah. something like that. We're going to IHOP. See you in an hour. See you in an hour. But breakfast in bed, cruises, which he talked about, which is my, I've never been on a cruise, but people get sick on cruises. Dude, uh, <laughs> you know, so you, I tell you what, man, that
0: is one where I was like, dude, I'm tired of all these germaphobes out here. You gotta have a little if you know why you know why we have we have so many germaphobes and why they get sick all the time. Why people are constantly getting sick? Because they don't introduce enough bacteria into their body. They're always dousing themselves with all this cleaner stuff. Your body needs to learn to fight off germs. And if it doesn't learn to fight off a little germ, when you get that big germ, big boy, you're going to get real sick. Yeah, but I I let, man, I get, I I, I, I invite the germs, like bring it on, let's go, let's get a little, let, let my body get, you know, strong. My so, body gets stronger from them germs. <laughs> I don't want you can tell
2: yourself if you want that. If or you can it, tell yourself it, that, if no, you want. that is your your immune system. You build up your immune system that way. But like when you're a kid, right? I mean, do you keep all the time? Yeah, your always. System? Yeah, one hundred percent. That's why. <sighs> Yeah, I take a vitamin C. That's how I build my immune system. Okay, vitamin a vitamin C. C that,
0: your little vitamin C pill. You
2: know, most Sample. of the time people
0: take people that take those vitamin C's. They've already got enough vitamin C in them, mm-hmm. and all their, they end up just. Pissing out all the extra vitamin C, and
2: that's probably what I do. Because now I eat oranges and take a vitamin Ooh, C chewable. Ooh, and, a wear, chewable, and, by and the he way. wears a mask when he gets on a flight. And I wear a mask when I get on a flight. I've never done that, but I. You want I, to though? You I, I, want I want to I want so to. bad? I you want, want to. to so bad. That's what you're right about. I want to, but uh, you couldn't. You, you, you. I'm too embarrassed. You 100 very easily embarrassed. embarrassed.
0: I want to wear a mask on a flight just to be that guy i don't not because i actually care if i get a little germs or anything i just yeah why not look somebody's gonna get on that flight and they're gonna be like oh man that dude's a super germaphobe
2: you know you know what's funny about that is when i see people wearing those masks you think they're sick
0: yes no that ain't what it is man they just they don't want to be sick
2: Really? Yeah. I really don't think of it that way.
0: No, they're not sick. They don't want to be sick. Huh. They're trying to you keep sure? that Yeah, they're trying to keep that sickness away. They ain't sick.
2: All right. All right.
0: Well, uh, Just through, uh throw a wrench into your whole life
2: here? Yeah, I'm trying to rethink this thing now. I I don't know.
0: I mean, but, maybe I'm wrong. I could totally uh, be wrong. I mean, I you mean, know, it could be both. there's there's people you see when people get cancer and stuff. They, they they wear the mask when they go, but it's not because they're going to spread cancer. It's because <laughs> they don't want anything spreading to them.
2: Right, right, right. Yep. That's true. Um, yeah, no, I, I did have that conversation the other day at work uh, because a coworker of mine spilled a whole bag of uh, Cheetos or something like that. Picked them up off the floor. I'm like, no way you're eating those, right? Yup, yup. How long were they on the floor? And you're in an
0: office. How dirty is an office floor? Uh, It's very dirty. Everyone's shoes are in there. Bring it on, dude. Give me some of that. Give me that little germ. Give me them little bit of germs. I want a little bit of germs to build this immune immune system up. That way, when you freak out about everything, and then you're sick and got a little sniffle. And, and me? No, I'm ready. I'm good to go. Let's do this. You know
2: what? That's kind of true. I am sick pretty frequently. <laughs> and You're never sick. So. I'm
0: telling you. I told my son. I said, dads, don't get sick." I don't. <laughs> dads I don't, dads don't oh, get sick. Oh, well, is that all it takes? It's all, all right, it takes. I gotta Be a start dad.
2: cranking out some kids here. Uh, there so I you go. Don't get sick anymore. There you go, man. It's fun too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, raising them and everything. Yeah. Well, I know yeah, what you mean. and making them. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to trying to I bail know. you out there,
0: pal. I know you were. <laughs> Uh, that made me go <laughs> even further. Uh, so there you go.
2: Anyway, Tom Papa. All right. I'm good with him. I'm giving it a 3.1, Bob. Oh, so you don't do think it was super thing. great. You just think it was average? I think it was. Uh, well, I mean, the 3 on a scale of 5 is above average, I would say. 2.5 would ag- be a middle, would be average. I would say um, 3 is
0: exactly in the middle. 1 to 5? 1 to 2, and then 1 to 2. 2.5. And, and then you got 3 in the middle. And then you got four and five. But
2: but half a five is two and a half.
0: Well, I know that. But if you're doing five Haas, one, two, three's in the middle, four, five. But you can do zero ha's. All right. <laughs> I call three the middle, you call it two and a half. In that case he's got a two and a half. <laughs> it's
2: it's average to slightly above average. All right, all right, there you go. Uh, anyway, that, I I I'd, i still recommend it if you haven't. I don't think it's a. I don't think you're wasting an I hour make, of your I, time. No, I don't think you're. I don't
0: it. think you're wasting it. I'm making a new rule though for the uh, for the for the comedy hour special. Yeah. Nothing below a one ha. One ha is the basement. Really. One ha is the basement. What if it's the worst thing you've ever seen then in it's comedy? It's a one ha. One. Yeah, you give it one ha.
2: I don't want to give it credit for any ha's.
0: Well, you then you get you go zero. There's no in between. It's I don't want to give you a ha or one. <laughs> that means zero. there's no zero. Nope. I I refuse to give a ha out for this because it's not comedy. So I'm not rating it.
2: Okay. All right. When I watch the uh, <laughs> when we watch and rate the um, the Aaron Hernandez story, it's I'm giving it zero haws.
0: You can do that. It's not a comedy. <laughs> No, I'm kidding you can go zero you can do a 0. 0.25 <laughs> just threw my whole scale out though. all right so what are we gonna do next week for the for the what are we gonna talk about next week on uh, on the podcast for the comedy special Have you gone in taking a look at anything um, Tom Papa is still the one that pops up right away. you got fortune themster themester uh, out there. You've got uh who else? I just saw somebody else had one that I'm came to, out not that long ago.
2: I'm loading myself. Yeah, you're gonna be loading.
0: loading. You'll be loading forever. No, oh, Here
2: I'm, we go. I'm here. All right, who killed Malcolm
0: X? No. Not gonna no? that's not that's not the one I'm looking for.
2: Oh, okay. Um The Pharmacist.
0: No, I'm good. Comedies. Let's see. Here we go. Tom Papa live in new oh, these aren't new. I don't know, man. You just want to do fortune, and because uh, I know that that one's uh, relatively that new, one
2: keeps coming up. You know what? Let's do it.
0: Let's do fortune. All right, we're gonna do fortune, fortune, uh, feemster, feemster,
2: feemster. I think it's pretty sure it's feemster.
0: Sure, sweet and salty. She's she's a goofball. Yeah, I enjoy. Yeah. I I think I am gonna enjoy this. I know I'll laugh. I'll tell you that. I know that I will laugh at this. Most likely. I shouldn't go into it with any with any no thoughts, expectations. no expectations, but uh, fortune, make me laugh, girl. All right, so uh, we'll go over that. Watch it with us if you want. Rate it. Let us know what you think uh, on the tweet box. Adam's at? Adam Schmidt 44. I'm at sick with it. Uh, catch us next week. We, I don't think we have a guest for next week, do we?
1: No,
2: unless we find one between now and then.
0: Between now and then. Let's see if we can find a guest for next week. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll leave that up to both of us. Okay. <laughs> sure, we'll both get right on that. Uh yeah, we always do. <laughs> so, um uh yeah, so maybe we'll get into a little bit of uh a little bit of this Joe Burrow deal. I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about Joe Burrow. Maybe we get into that next week. He's you know, there's there's all kinds of people that have their their thoughts about Joe Burrow and what he's going to do. Uh, Come draft time and then maybe we can get into a little bit more baseball because spring training, uh, the Reds will officially play their first game on Saturday against the Indians. We got a lot of stuff going on there where baseball players are talking to each other consistently and they are not happy about the cheating scandal going on. Be careful. Better not be any skeletons in your closet if you're going to come out and start running your mouth. I'm just saying that. I agree with you. I'm just saying be careful because uh, because you're in a professional sport, and towing the line and
2: stepping over that line happens all the time. Anyway, this is only slightly related just because it's baseball and you mentioned spring training, um, but it has nothing to do with the Astros. You know what my favorite part of spring training starting up is? What's that? The video from the side of, like, ten catchers all yeah. lined up all catching yep like all at the same time did you my see my favorite one
0: did you see the kid who's the there's a there's a, a catcher uh what's his name S- stevenson uh uh tyler stevenson i think that's it he was catching he was catching michael lorenzen michael lorenzen is a is a big person right mm-hmm. michael lorenzen is he's a giant muscle is a giant muscle and he's i mean he's got to be six four six five he's pretty good is he that big i don't know maybe i always thought he was maybe just because he was so big he just seems he lean five long five. anyway tyler stevenson walked was catching him they walked up and he's walking up talking to him and he made michael lorenzen look like a like i don't know uh Webster, <laughs> I've never seen a dude that big before. Wow. Yeah, that was gotta, that was interesting to, to see. Yeah, that Tyler Stevenson, he's a uh, physical specimen. Anyway, that's besides the point. So uh, yeah, pitchers and catchers, uh, the rest of the guys are there. Saturday, first game, Indians. We can talk a little baseball, talk a little Joe Burrow. I'm sure we'll have some NBA or more college basketball to go over as well. Um, let us know what you think. Jump on SoundCloud or iTunes or iHeartRadio or any place that you listen to your podcasts. Like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Let us know what you think, and uh, we'll see you next week. Don't forget to turn your headlights on.